And so uh, tonight we're uh, on There's a Solution. We did Bill's story. And uh, Bill's story was to uh, introduce to the alcoholic someone who had the disease, who had reached the end of the line, who was completely hopeless and completely defeated. And through a series of circumstances, uh, the hand of God, he was led to a doctor who told him what was wrong with him. Uh, he had someone who was one of his childhood friends and one of his drinking buddies uh, was led to the Oxford group by somebody who had gone to Switzerland and heard the solution from Dr. Young, the spiritual change. Uh, Rowan Hazard went back to uh, New York and studied at the Oxford group at the Calvary Church, and he rescued Ebby Thatcher from prison. And Ebby Thatcher went to, Oxford, went to New York after 60 days, they told him that the last step in the Oxford group was to witness. The Oxford group was a group of people who were trying to live Christianity before it got ruined by the Bible. They were trying to read it, how Jesus would want you to live if you had uh, been with him and then he died, and how he would want you to live. And they had four absolutes, love, purity, uh, unselfishness, and uh, honesty. And they had a they had a loose six-step program to lead a spiritual life. And alcoholics went there. It wasn't a treatment for uh, alcoholism, but if you live a spiritual life, that's the solution. So Rowan went there, and then he took Ebby there, and Ebby took went to Bill, and the uh, sixth step was to witness. So he had to think of somebody who would need his help, and he went to see Bill W., who was sitting in his uh, kitchen in 1934, dying. And when he was dying and he knew it, and Ebby came and he thought Ebby would drink with him, but Ebby didn't want to drink with him. Ebby wanted to tell him about this solution, this program of action, this religious idea of a spiritual life, that God could restore our society. God, a relationship with God can give us a power to live. And if we have that relationship, we won't drink. And we'll also have usefully whole lives. And so uh, Bill argued with Ebby and he didn't like the idea of God, but eventually, accepted God as he understood him. And then he took the steps in the hospital in November 19, uh, actually it was in December 1934. And then he, uh, he never drank again. And he died in 1971. And he was an alcoholic, he wasn't a saint, he wasn't a great guy. He was selfish like the rest of us. He had all of the character defects we had. But he was able, because of his experience in the hospital, he had a profound change and he felt a connection to God like Saul on the Damascus Highway. And then he went for six months and tried to help people. Didn't succeed in getting anybody sober, but he stayed sober. And then he went in May of uh, 1935 to Akron, Ohio to put a business deal together to get rich again. He was all excited and then that would have ended AA because Bill would have gotten successful again, which is what he always wanted. But but he, the deal didn't go through, so then he, uh, he turned to the bar and he crossed the threshold to the bar. And then the thought came into his head that he needs to work with another alcoholic. That was God. That's why we're here today. Because Bill turned around. He found somebody to call. He met Dr. Bob. Uh, he talked to Dr. Bob about the allergy, the body, the obsession, the mind, the spiritual malady. Dr. Bob worked the steps. Um, <clears throat> Dr. Bob actually was the first relapse. He. Uh, he, he worked with Bill for about a week or so, and then he went to the AMA meeting and got drunk. Uh, he came back from the AMA meeting, and they had to sober him up 
to uh, uh, operate on somebody's rear end. <laughs> AA was started by a shyster lawyer stockholder. Bill was a real a character, and Dr. Bob was a rear end doctor. And uh, <laughs> so we don't know the name of the person who gave their rear end to Dr. Bob, but uh, he had to he had to operate that day. There was nobody else. And they gave him a drink to settle him down. He was really, he was in bad shape. And then uh, he went to the hospital, he didn't come home. And Bill and uh, Lois <clears throat> Smith thought that Dr. Bob was off and running again, but he went around and made amends. And he finished, he made amends, he came home late. And that's the day that we say AA uh, started, June 10th, 1935, uh, the day of Dr. Bob's last drink. And then he and Bill went, and they uh, they got A number three a few days later, and then they uh, they started a group in New York. Bill went back to New York. They had a few people there, a few people at Akron. 1937, they thought that they had a, something, because they were all they were all completely defeated. Could not stay sober for a day, and they had about 60 60 people or so that were sober for several months. Bill was sober a couple years. Dr. Bob, and they said this must work. And so they wanted to put a book together to the world, a message to the world on what they did. And so this is their 12-step to the world. Um, Bill had ideas about making money, and the book was going to sell so many copies that they could build hospitals and train missionaries. And Bill, of course, would be in charge. And uh, But the idea to do the book was God-inspired. Uh, they had a group conscious at the meeting. They had 40 people, including wives and uh, non-alcoholics, they all voted, and they voted uh, like 23 to 18 or something to do the big book. And then the big book was written, it was published in 1939, it was written by many people. Bill W. said they've written most of it, but uh, they had people, uh, they took the uh, information, this book from the Sermon on the Mount, the book of James, 1 Corinthians, Oswald Chambers, uh, uh, a sermon on uh, utmost to the highest sermon on the mount they had books in the Oxford group on my life as a pagan by an alcoholic and uh, he and some several other books they took all that information and miraculously they put it together in this book and so this was published in, bef in 1939 and before this was published there was no hope for any of us and so uh, they put down exactly what they did, their experience. This is not their opinion. And they don't tell you what to do here. They just give you suggestions if you want to live. Now, a lot of people don't like the book because they don't want to take directions. Well, they're alcoholics. And that's their problem. Uh, so what AA says is, is we don't care what you think of the book or the first 102 pages or the steps. Uh, if you don't want to do them, that's fine. But if you don't have a plan that works, you might want to try this. Because we just read tonight, rarely have we seen a person fail. He could have put never, but if you put never, the alcoholic would want to prove an exception. But if you follow this path to God, this path to power that we don't have on our own, then it's, it's guaranteed that you'll have a relationship with God and you won't have to drink again. And it's not something that you achieve and then you get a certificate and Amazon delivers you your AA certificate and you're never going to drink again. What they do is they give you a certificate and then you have to get one every day because you have to do it the rest of your life. So it's a spiritual journey. 
that uh, uh, never ends. But the longer <coughs> you do it, the benefits are more and more. You get more and more out of it. And people in this room can tell you that. So then uh, he wrote Bill's story. And uh, every time I, uh, I read the end of it, it says, Bill W., co-founder of AA, died January 24, 1971. Now, I read this story. I've read it hundreds of times. But when you read page eight, where alcohol was his master, he's completely defeated. And yet this man did the steps in the hospital, was able to help write this book, and was one of the co-founders of this group. And he died in 71. You know there was something happening. And so uh, you can't argue with that experience. And he says, uh, um, he says at the end on page 16, faith has to work 24 hours a day in and through us or we perish. So we have to do this all the day. Our faith is the result of our knowledge of God from doing the steps. And, and if we have that knowledge of God and we have that relationship, you're going to see it in our actions. And the more you do the actions, the more you have faith. And if you stop doing it, then, you, then you'll perish spiritually and then alcoholics will drink again or use. Does this make sense? Mm -hmm. And so he says, uh, um, each day my friend's simple talk in our kitchen multiplies itself in a widening circle of peace on earth and goodwill to men. Now when he wrote this story, he wrote the story first. He wrote this story and then he wrote, there's a solution before he wrote the rest of the book and they submitted it to a publishing house and they got a little bit of money to help publish the book. But uh, it wasn't enough, so they actually sold shares in this. The, the adventures of the big book are quite, quite amazing. They showed, sold shares, and it was called Works Publishing, like how it works, or Works Publishing. And they sold certificates for $25 uh, to people. And then they published the book in 1939, and they sold about 20 copies, mainly to doctors' wives who wanted it for their husbands. They said it to all the doctors. They said a, uh, a, a mailing that if you know we have a book, a treatment of alcoholism, they thought doctors would be really, they would have a lot of clients. The only replies they got were from the doctors' wives who wanted a book for their husbands. But you see how it worked. And, and then uh, through circumstances, uh, uh, there was an article in the Saturday Evening Post, and Rockefeller, famous uh, Rockefeller, had a dinner for AA, and through through a miracle, uh, this book became available, and then they had 8,000 copies in 1941, I believe, or 42. And then uh, by the end of the war, they had quite a few. And then uh, it's we're here today. So it's, uh, it's really amazing when you think about it. And you can't deny when uh, you see somebody celebrate 60 days, for an alcoholic to celebrate 60 days, it's a big deal. And so... Now we're going to read There is a Solution. Now, this isn't read at a lot of meetings, but uh, people don't like this because it says there's a solution. Now, it doesn't say this is the only solution because we don't know what uh, other people have other solutions. We don't say that this is the only solution for alcoholism. But this is the only solution AA has. And so there is a solution in AA. Now, people have changed that. Everybody has their own little solution in AA, but the book says there's only a solution, a single solution. And it says, We of Alcoholic Anonymous know thousands of men and women who are once just as hopeless as Bill. So you see the book ties together. You read Bill's story, and you want to know what happened. And he got better, and then you want to know, what do I have to do? 
So this book flows. It's a textbook. Each chapter, each line flows one to the other. And this book was designed for you to get it and, and sit in your basement. I, I used to like the basement. Some people like the garage. Some people like other places where you went with self-pity. Your self-pity place that you want to protect. You don't want anybody to get in your self-pity place. And you take, you read this book and then you do what's in it, you would recover. That's how it's written. It's a textbook. It's like a textbook conveys information from the mind of one person to another. And this is their, their textbook on what they did to receive a recovered condition from a hopeless mind and body. So if you're here and you don't, your life isn't going well, things don't look good, you're still struggling uh, with life, not alone drinking and using, you may still be sober, but you might want to do this. Because this is a solution to that. This is a way to live in peace and serenity. So it says, new thousands of men and women were once just as hopeless as Bill. In the first book, I think it says 100. Nearly all have recovered. They have solved the drink problem. Now, here's that word recovered again that we talked about on Wednesday night. They have solved the drink problem. Recovered doesn't mean that you're cured. It didn't mean that they got the answer and they became spiritual gurus and went on TV and, and uh, people sent them money and they had the solution. You, they're not the addiction network. I don't know what that is, but I'm going to call them one day. <laughs> I see them advertised all the time. Nearly all have recovered. Now, here's the deal. Call the addiction network and tell them you don't have insurance and see how interested they're going to be in it. Uh, they have solved... I am funny. They have solved the drink problem. Now, the solving of the drink problem and to be recovered is not a permanent condition. It's a condition of a state of mind where you're not dominated the mind of an alcoholic. It's where you have a relationship with God. You've had an awakened spirit. It's a, the 12th step, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, you have, are awakened to the spirit. You're not asleep to God anymore. You're conscious that there is a power in you and you call it God and that's available to you and, and when you seek that, then you're recovered. That's kind of what we thought Wednesday night and that makes sense. But you have to do it all the time. It says, can and will if he were sought. Now step 10 and 11 is where we seek God every moment through the day. And then step 11 is where we pray and meditate in the morning and we seek this power all day long. And so recovered is the state, I think, of seeking. The state of seeking the power that you have inside that you have a relationship with. Because you can have a relationship with God and not seek him. I can have a relationship with God and sit home tonight and stew about something. Uh, and I, I can do it very well. I can go from a simple thing to being homeless on the street in 20 seconds. You know, it's, uh, you know, uh, if Duke loses tonight, and my life's over, and you know I went to school there. And how could they do this to me? Don't they know I'm Michael the Magnificent? How could they ruin? And my wife says, "Well, you know, Michael, you know I hate it when she does this, but you know she is what she is, and it's on the recording. So here you go, honey." But she'll say to me, she says, "Now, honey, did they wake up today just so they could lose the game, just so you could be miserable?" I said, "Yes." <laughs> she says, that's why I go to AA, honey, because they help me. You see how preposterous alcoholics are? Uh, and so we laugh at ourselves now in recovery. And that's why we laugh in here. There's a lot of laughter here. We all love each other. 
because we don't take ourselves too seriously anymore. That was our big problem. And so it says they have solved the drink problem. So that would be a good thing to read the rest of the book, wouldn't it? Because this is a solution to that. It says we are average Americans, all sections of this country, many of its occupations are represented, as well as many political, economic, social, and religious backgrounds. So if you look in this room, we would not normally get together. We might never have met each other. I, I, I worked on the steps with two young people. They're 28, 27. I would never have met them, except through uh, AA. And it says we are people who normally would not mix. And in fact, sometimes we can't mix. Go to a business meeting. Uh, <laughs> right, John? It's smiling. What you're about. We, we normally would not mix. Well, we wouldn't, we wouldn't see each other. We wouldn't be in the same... Uh, we wouldn't have never met. But there exists among us a fellowship. We have a special fellowship here, a friendliness, an understanding which is indescribably wonderful. And he tells us why. Because we're like the passengers of a great liner the moment after rescue from shipwreck. Now, I don't know, there's some younger people here, but Titanic was a big movie. Everybody saw Titanic. And the Titanic, everybody was uh, on the ship, and there were different sections. There was the captain's table for 10 people. There were the ritzy ritzy. Now, they were, at, they were upset because they weren't at the captain's table. You see, the whole ship is full of envy. And then down in storage is the people with their goats, you know, and then, right, and, and you know, they go, you know, well, somebody's got to be down there. And so they had these different levels, and, and that's how ocean liners were in those days. And they would never see each other. In fact, you couldn't go from, like, the goat level, you couldn't get up to the top level. It was all sealed off. And so, um, but after rescue, they had camaraderie, joyousness, and democracy pervade the vessel from steerage to captain's table. So they didn't care when they were on the shore at the end of the Titanic, whether they were in the steerage or captain's table. They were so happy that they had survived the shipwreck, right? And then, uh, and what was the, uh, what was the common peril they had? You see, he's gonna talk about that. The common peril was that they were, they hit the iceberg, right? And they hit the iceberg and they had a shipwreck. Now it says, unlike the feelings of the ship's passengers, however, a joy in escape from disaster does not subside. See, they went their individual ways. They probably never saw each other ever again. And remember, there was a scene where the, the ritzy, ritzy people didn't want to rescue somebody from the goat section. They didn't want them to come on their boat. And, and it was so preposterous because they were dying. And then they, they, they said, no, we're going to get this on. And so we reach out the hands to everybody. We're all equal when we're in the water. And that's true of AA, right? And um, the feeling of having shared a common peril is one element, the powerful cement which binds us. So everybody here said they were an alcoholic, right? So we all have a pretty good idea of what your life was like, what, what you've been through. We all have the same peril. And that's a tremendous tremendous uh, uh, cement that binds us. But here's the problem. That in itself would never hold us together as we are now joined. And Joe and Charlie makes the point that there are two powers. There is the power of the fellowship, and that's very powerful. You come here, we all have a common peril, we're glad you're here. But that won't hold us together. 
he says, what holds us together is a tremendous fact for every one of us that we have discovered a common solution. See, it's the common solution that holds us together. And so uh, we need both powers. The purpose of the fellowship was in the beginning was to bring people to the solution. So they would come and then they would, they would work together and they would work the steps and they would, they would be in the solution. And then when the new guy came, in the old days, there weren't a lot of new guys. So you got a lot of attention. And then they'd take the new guy, they'd work the steps with him, and they'd become an old-timer. So an old-timer in the beginning of AA was anybody who did the steps and worked the program, and then you were to take them through. And so we've gotten a little bit away from that today. It's just the way uh, things are. Things change. But we have this meeting today. We're studying the book. We have people here who have done the deal and taking others through it. And so... Uh, the the uh, big book is alive and well. It says, the tremendous fact for every one of us is we have discovered a common solution. Now look at this. We have a way out on which we can absolutely agree. They had a way out. And the way out is, is what they're going to show us in this book. Does anybody here want a way out? Yeah. And the way out is, this is the way out that they had. And they can absolutely agree upon which we can join in brotherly and harmonious action. So we can join in action, brotherly, harmonious, working this solution. And this is the power that gets us the, the, the power that we need to live that's talked about on page 45. We had to have a power to live. Uh, we had a power which would solve our problems. I have no power to manage my own life. I have no power to keep from drinking ever. And I never have power to manage my life, but I have a choice today to seek the power, to access the power. And when I work the steps and I stay in 1011, I can access this power. And then that's, that's the recovered state. And it says, this is the great news this book carries to those who suffer from alcoholism. And th this is the great news. The great news is we have a solution that we can all agree on. It's right in this book. They gave it to us here. And then if we join in brother or most action, we will recover. And then we can take somebody else through it. Now, there's the Good News Bible, right? Right? I think I've seen that in the hotel rooms. There's a Good News Bible. And this is the Great News book. See, this is the Great News. And I think this is, is a companion to the Good News Bible. They should put this in every, in every uh, hotel room. If people would read this and do the steps, we'd have a really different world, right? Nobody would do it. I don't think anybody reads the Good News Bible, but it's in the it's in the room. Does this make any sense? And so that's why Joe and Charlie make the point. This is a very important page for the newcomer. That there is a tremendous power in the fellowship. We don't we're not denying that. But the power of the fellowship is to take you to the power <coughs> of the solution, which is God. And then you keep doing it, it becomes a circle. And so uh, I think we'll stop there. It's a small crowd tonight and then we'll we'll review that next week but that page has really uh, uh, meant a lot to me and so uh, the question is do you want to live in the solution or live in the problem you've heard that and this is the solution so